0: Welcome to the three thirds Mike one third Scouts podcast. It is episode number forty-eight, and I'm joined by my fellow podcasters, Mr. Ross Smith and Mr. Simon Mann. How are we both?
1: Very well, very well. How are you guys? I'm not too bad. I felt better, but then I've also felt worse at times. So can't really know, <laughs> can you?
0: I just thought you felt. I just thought. I just thought you'd have felt hopeful.
1: Uh, oh, no. more hopeful
0: than you did. It. Twenty-four hours ago, anyway.
1: Uh, no, because I mean, we're going <laughs> to. I know he's in charge of United. That doesn't. <laughs> that doesn't bring me hope. No, I'm just a bit tired. I went out on Saturday night uh, into Manchester. Went Good to, time. yeah, went to Escape to Fret
2: Island. I don't know if any of you have ever been. No, I've still not made no. it there. I've just sort of uh, walked past it a few times. My.
1: My summary of it would be: it's too big. So what?
0: What? What is it? What is it, Ross? For those of us that haven't been,
1: <laughs> basically, it's, a it's just in an old warehouse, yeah, and basically put a load of tables and chairs in, and then just put some bars in and like street food vendors around. Oh, so it's
0: is it a bit like Mackie I mean, I've not been to Macky Mary. It's but a bit yeah,
1: like- Mare is bit- kind of an upmarket version. Ah, uh, right, okay. This is a bit more. A
0: street within a warehouse type thing
1: yeah kind of, but I think it I mean when we went because we had to we booked a table, but there's some like restaurants in there as well like all oh, right okay set up for, like pop up restaurants from the' already established restaurants so you can even book a table in the general area and then what happens is you have an app on your phone and you order food from any of these vendors and you order drinks and people bring it over but when we, we wanted a table, and the only tables that were available were in one Spanish restaurant, so we end up sitting in there. Um, so then we, we had to eat from this Spanish restaurant, basically. Which oh, was all right. Get the full, you didn't get the full. Yeah, but then what the weird thing about it was, basically, if you haven't ordered, if you haven't booked a table or a time, you have yeah. to queue up outside to get in. Yeah. And you could be queuing for however long until they decide you can go in. But once we, we got total, once we'd finished our booking at this um, restaurant bit, we're then free yeah. to walk around the rest of the venue. Oh. So, in theory, you could just book any old table, turn up for your table, and uh, say, no, actually we'd decide against it. And then just walk around the rest of the place and knock you up outside. No, good life hack. Yeah. yeah. So, if you're ever thinking of going and you can't get a general table, do that. Um, I just thought it was so massive. Was, was,
2: it, was it a tapas situation? You with Yeah, it was kind God, of a meal.
1: Well, we kind of ordered our... Like, me and Claire, we went out with another... Uh, like, one of Claire's friends and her uh, partner. And we just kind of had... Like, me and Claire shared something. It was like barbecue Spanish. So Claire had steak. And then I had some uh, pork... And then we kind of had broccoli and potatoes with it as well, so it wasn't like tapas, tapas, but it wasn't, it wasn't Just full blown main points. meals.
2: Yeah. It, what What's your views on tapas, Ross? Because you're not a fan of a buffet, are you?
1: Well, I, so I quite like going for tapas with Claire because we order lots of food. Claire doesn't generally eat it all, and then I get to try lots and lots of things. <laughs> Whereas if I was going out with people that I didn't know so well, I wouldn't be a big fan. I just think he gets it. We're, I don't think British people like that. Are they share. I think British people are very much, I have a plate of food. That's my plate of food. Yeah. There's not a lot of, there's not, when you go out, there's not
0: a lot of places you can do a lot of sharing. Like, I mean, tapas for me means I've got three small meals. It doesn't mean I'm going to go and try somebody else's that they've got over there. It means I've got three things I'd like to eat.
1: Yeah. Why? What do you think about tapas?
2: I'm not a big fan to be honest with you. I, I I think it's always very hard to sort of judge how much to order. So it's a real lottery. And yeah, and you kind of in you sort of end up getting, I feel like you often end up getting the compromised meal. You're like, oh, yeah, we'll all quite enjoy that. We're like, actually, what I really wanted was on want a plate of the food that I most want. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> just a big know, version of it. Yeah, you know, I don't want to get, I don't want to get some plates of, uh, my second, third, and fourth choices that we can all, that, that we all quite like that we can share. I yeah. wanted to go for my first choice and have a, a substantial meal out of it. but, um, but we yeah uh, we went to because uh, we went to Ozma, um th- last week, and that's like sort of small plates, and you just order like seven or six or seven of them, or whatever. But then, but the, I thought they'd like they'd all come out together. Well, they didn't. It sort of came yeah. out one at a time. Oh, this this yeah. happens at a lot
1: of tapas restaurants where they just bring it as <laughs> it's cooked. And then they end up bringing the thing that you really didn't want to eat first, out first. Like, it, it comes out really weird... Oh, that annoys me. And I also think loads of restaurants have cottoned onto this small plates idea. And I just think it's a way for them to charge extra money because they're not small plates. They are small plates, aren't they? There's not a lot on these... Like you order to meatballs, you get like three meatballs or something. It's not some places you only get two. No, yeah, well, exactly. And they charge you a tenner for it. But yeah, no, so, so it was all right. And then we had we had, went for more drinks, ended up in a gay village, had a bit of a dance, came home. Uh, annoyed Claire because I was very drunk. <laughs> and then, uh, and then yeah, on the Sunday, I was just very tired then on the Sunday. And I ended up like not having a proper nap. But I stuck the football in the afternoon and kind of half watched it, half dozed through it. But then that threw me off for the last night then for my sleep. I was kind of up and I didn't, couldn't really get to sleep. So a bit tired today.
2: Where, where were the kids on Sunday? Did they stay somewhere else? Yes, yeah, or... so they stayed at Claire's mum and dad's. But then we
1: had to be up early. We had to man well, up early, but relatively early to get. I had to take Teddy swimming and then I had to set Luke to his football training. So we still, you don't really get the full benefits of, and it'd be the same again. On, we're going out again on Friday into Manchester, um, and they're staying over at my mum dad's. But then Saturday morning, Teddy plays football, and occasionally he has like twenty to nine meets some, somewhere, which I mean, I have to leave my house at seven half like se- half seven to go to my mum's to make sure he's dressed, so then we can drive to wherever he's meeting. So that'd be like getting up for work. <laughs> But yeah, so just a bit tired. But I had a good weekend. How was that? What did anyone else do? Anything exciting? Yeah, I went
2: to the well, market. Oh, oh, go on, yeah, tell us about it.
0: So obviously they've moved this year, so they're not in the usual usual space. But it was our our last weekend off before before Christmas, believe it or not. Um, so we've not we've not got the Grayson's been before, but Esme was quite like incredibly tiny the last time we went, so we took them both. Pictures with a big Santa Claus and a uh, big bauble dotted around, and other uh, like Christmas decorations and stuff dotted around. And then we went to the new markets there in Piccadilly Gardens, which was which was nice. Some churros, hot chocolate. Uh, it was just incredibly busy. Yeah. I the has been busy when they were outside the town hall, and I thought no, it's not that bad. It felt like there was more room. But because they've built like a specific... It's not like they've just dumped the markets in the Piccadilly Gardens. They've built like a wooden... It's all like stilts, basically. So you go up a ramp to go in and then you go around. They've built some nice, like, seating. It's, which would be great if that wasn't the only, like, the main bit of the markets. If that was extra on top of the markets, being outside the town hall, it probably wouldn't have been as busy. And I only found out today that they asked... Um, they asked um, some of the street vendors to, st- they told them to stop selling alcohol at half six because the, the, there was, there was apparently so many incidents It was getting so big. There were so many big groups of people on Saturday that they just asked. The council just said to everybody, you can't sell alcohol at the markets, which didn't really affect us because we were on three o'clock. But um, I was like, it yeah, must have been busy if they, if they told them to stop serving alcohol. So
2: but,
1: this is why I'm not a fan of the markets. I just
0: think it. I love so the I, idea of that. I love the idea of the markets, and I think from working in town, like, but it's, it's just. I think they weren't on last year, where they I, I think no, because no. they were on last year, everybody's just gone over to the markets again. And I think it was. It's only the second second weekend they've been on, or well, last weekend was the second weekend they've been on. So it just felt like, just just felt like an explosion of people in in, in my, and it and it wasn't like. They were busy Plus, in busy outside Selfridges and then not so busy. it was just rammed everywhere. Everywhere Saturday was, Saturday was quite a nice day, wasn't it? Yeah, Otherwise. it was re- yeah, it was re- yeah, yeah. I think Simon's perfect weather dry and not raining. Yeah.
1: Oh well. Did the kids enjoy it? Um yes, very much so. That's the main thing, isn't it? Yeah. Twelve been up
2: to Simon. Well we've um I don't know, like quite a nice week. we went to Osmer on Thursday and that was really nice. And um and we went to Cuckoo afterwards. And uh, so it was sort of quite a nice little evening and they in Cuckoo on a Thursday they have like uh someone playing the guitar and singing basically. And it's you know, it was quite good and it was sort of quite nice. So that was lovely now. Saturday some friends came round, Blinda cooked and we had a few drinks and then they went. Um I mean Blinda were a bit like Oh well we've started drinking now, haven't we? So we just sort of carried on. <laughs> well and we went to uh went to the pub, watched the football, and we ended up sort of staying in the pub all evening. It was uh, we had a lovely time. And then at one point they came round with one you know, those sort of football card things where you like pay a pound and you like put down four like you put your name in like four yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. So she so she's sort of shilling that. So I go, yeah, yeah. So I give her. I just assumed it was twenty five p ago, and it was. It was <laughs> the weird assumption on my part, except. But so I gave her a pound and put four in. She was like, "Oh, it's fifty p go." So I gave her another pound, and I thought, "Oh, we'll wait and see." And it was like right near the end. It was sort of pretty much full at that point. So I thought, "Oh, they'll, they'll announce it quite soon." And then next time I go to the bar, I see the landlord is giving the barmaid twenty quid. She'd won it, and I thought, "That's dancy." It wasn't even announced or anything. <laughs> so he seemed dodgy. This anything that absolute stitch up
1: for me two quid there. You know when uh, when you assigned it, did you look to make sure
2: the thing had already been scratched off? <laughs> well, yeah, in hindsight, <laughs> <laughs> it had already been peeled. <laughs> oh. Well, that, it was a lovely evening. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. So obviously. Uh, Cheddar, what are we talking about tonight? There's no big stories, is there? Well, it it depends how
0: big you think Manchester United's sucking the manager is. (laughs) Uh, I mean, inevitable, very much so. Um, But yes, no, we are going to. um, I mean, I mean, it it was big enough that we nearly pulled our first emergency one on Sunday night. Wow. So we give ourselves some breathing room, didn't we? Yeah. So yeah, so we are. So after the break, we are going to talk about. the, the biggest story of the weekend and that is um the sacking of of Oli So we'll um we'll quickly touch on um, the game on Saturday and then um we'll hear what Ross and Simon think of um the last few weeks slash months. Um so yeah so we'll have a break um we'll come back um, and we will talk about uh we'll talk about Ollie. <laughs> Welcome back to the three thirds, Bank, one third scouts podcast, and of course, the biggest story of the weekend um, was uh, the sacking uh, of Oleg Um After the game, uh, you two, we were kind of throwing some messages out that it was a potentially was going to happen. Um, do you think it was? Do you think it was the right time? Well, I mean, it, it the was right the
1: time, time performance. Yeah. I, I... I didn't. I've not. Well, I watched the highlights on Match of the Day. obviously. Um, didn't see the game, but I mean, there was very few highlights for Manchester United. It all seemed to be either mistakes from individual players or Watford doing something well. So yeah, it did seem a bit shambolic. But I when you say was it the right time, I, I, the timing's awful, isn't it? But um, yeah, I, I, I mean, what do you. It there was lots of things going around afterwards about uh Solskjaer apologizing, but Bruno. Did you see the Bruno Fernandez saying it was the players' fault? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. How much do you think the players are to blame Simon as opposed to Ollie was just wasn't quite up to it?
2: Look, it ultimately, it's up to the manager, and it, it's if the play. If the players aren't doing well enough, it's the manager's job to turn it around and, and get them playing well. So, and, and Ollie seems to know that. I thought that the David De Gea phrase of we just don't know what to do when we've got the ball was pretty damning, to be honest with you. You know, he's been in charge a long time, Oli. To have players in that situation. I'm not sure if De Gea should be going public with that sort of statement, but the fact that that's what he's thinking is is a was a very worrying sign. Uh, and, it, you know... He just was a—he just was a nice guy who was out of his depth. I think he's—you know—he he took us a long way. We're in a better position now than we were before, before he took over. And I think you know it's, although it's been a bit of a mess actually the last, the way hes United fans have sort of collectively kind of—you know—it's been very clear that on social media, United fans still see him as as United legend. I don't think there's any ill will towards him, but. You know, it's just so strange, isn't it? I think they clearly desperately wanted to, like, just keep him on till the end of the season. But that, you he know, cannot be losing 4 1 to that Watford team and, and stay in a job.
1: Well, what, what, do you think there's any, like, two or three key decisions, things that got wrong that came, that ultimately forced this downfall? Or do you think it was just a oh, well, general think- realization that he wasn't quite up to it?
2: I think an inability to just kick on, sort of beyond last season. You know, the, you know, last season United have been quite good. Almost United have been sort of quite good with their backs against the wall, counter attacking on at pace, and then suddenly you bring in players like Ronaldo, and you have to sort of find another way of playing. And he just sort of couldn't really. He just couldn't work it out how to deal with having it suddenly having a squad where you're like, "Gosh, this squad should be." Winning most games, and he didn't really seem to know how to how to work that out. Maybe he ran out of ideas. Maybe other managers worked him out. I remember there was a long time when he just played the same way against Manchester City and always win. And you'd think, well, why haven't why hasn't Pep Guardiola changed things? Why hasn't he worked it out? And maybe all these managers suddenly did work it out. What, what do you think?
1: Uh, I I think ultimately I think a few things went wrong for him. And mainly, I think. It all happened in the summer. I think the right was on the wall in the summer, really.
2: One like Oh well, just to to rudely interrupt, I would say actually not winning that Europa League final was quite a big moment. I think if he'd won that match and he had a trophy, that would have really put people at ease a bit and sort of improved confidence.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. I think I think after Uh, Because obviously the the build up around that match was the fact that Oli had never won anything, got to loads of semi finals. There was loads of talk about that would be the monkey off his back, wouldn't it? That if he won it, and then I think maybe maybe within the camp, obviously losing, there maybe might have been a feeling within the players that although they respect him and really like him, how much of a winner is is Oli? That probably did. That was probably started sealing it. But then I do think the summer transfer window. Getting Sancho in great. Um, I think you you mentioned getting Ronaldo in, which we've we've said loads of times. It felt very last minute and rushed and not actually part of the 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 big picture thinking that seemed to have happened for the two or three seasons before and when Solskjaer was, was buying players. Um obviously made Solskjaer have to change change his plans and change the way he wanted to play or what he was trying to do. And then I also think just not getting a um, central midfielder and a uh, central defensive midfielder. Him. I think he's 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 over reliance on McTominay and Fred. Uh, I think that they're the things that ultimately cost him because that midfield was set was well basically it was set up for playing the way we've been playing for the previous few seasons, wasn't it? Sitting back, trying to trying to stay relatively compact and then allowing you quicker forward players to hit on the break, but. I think as soon as then you ask McTominay and Fred to be more than that, I think they've been found out really. And I think that's, that's kind of where it's all started to go wrong for him. Um, Which I think is quite a shame really. I don't know, did you watch his uh, interview that he did? I've seen some clips. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen some clips of that. I found some of it like quite endearing. Obviously he, he, like you said, he's he's, obviously, he's going to be welcome back at Old Trafford. There is, I don't think any United fans have ill feeling towards him. He came in when the club was, and well, things would not got any worse under Mourinho, wasn't it? It was so negative and dire. He brought the feel-good factor back, give us a bit of hope in terms of think we're going to win something again. Um, but then ultimately, he's not been able to deliver. Um, but he, he, I think, he did the best he could. He he tried to make it as entertaining for the fans as possible. But I just think. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, but he came. He came across as if like he couldn't believe that he'd been given the opportunity. Do you know what I mean? Like he was a fan, and then he someone had just gone, like like we'll make your dreams come true. You can be manager of Manchester United, and it's. Just, I, I think in some ways it, it made him come across as he didn't quite believe that he was. He was ever going to like. He was going to be the man, kind of. He, he felt more like he was a fan. Well, that... going
2: like way back to the start. Do you remember? Like he was like refusing to park in the manager's parking bay because he, you know, in his head. He was and I, I, I always thought that was a bit of a red flag. Like, if you're going to be the manager of the club, you need to kind of own that a bit and not just sort of still yeah. be more of the the guy that was there ten years ago.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, like afterwards, he like he says he's still going to support the team. Thinks it's a great. Well, I mean, he's going to say he thinks it's a great squad because he put it together, but he's still going to come to games and watch matches. And I think all well, like all well, he got. He, I think he goes away fairly happy. I think he wants wants wanted to win something, but yeah, I just think. like I say, I just think the couple of key signs that obviously the Ronaldo one in terms of changing the style you can go on about whether Ronaldo was a bad influence or not. But I, I think just the change of style in terms of what he had to do and how him coming in, you have to play him which then has knock-on effects around the team, and not getting central defensive midfielder. And I think they were two, two things that he really needed this summer. I
0: think, I think the other thing as well is just, as, I mean, as much as we've talked about Fred and McTominay and, and Matic and stuff, the one thing that kind of bailed United out at the back end of last or for most of the last season was when the players were playing well, they were playing really well. Fernandez, we were talking to Fernandez in the PFO Player of the Year last year, he played that well. And like Luke Shaw and Harry and Squire, and, and, and you just suddenly this season you just think that what, what on earth has happened? Like, was never done to be the greatest right back in the world, but he could defend the ball. Like, he was like, you
1: think he, he'd not have the most defensive tackles in like the first half of last season. And you're like, Yeah, you're just, but, but, I, but this, I, was, the, I think this all goes back to the fact that he was set in this. Oh, we're going to put this low blocking, we're going to play quite defensively and then we're going to hit on the counter. And then, like I say, I think the Ronaldo coming in, all of a sudden you've got to play a different way because you're expected to. And then I think, like we said, I just don't think he's been able... I don't think he's known clearly enough how he's going to do it with that group of players. So I think because he's not not got a clear vision in his head, he's not been able to communicate a clear vision to the players. So I just think they've become confused and lost and not entirely sure of all the roles and, and jobs that they've got on the pitch, and that ultimately does come down to Solskjaer because he needs to he needs to have a clear vision. But I just think it, I think
2: he's been confused as to what he's supposed to do now, and I think that, yeah, that's that's The thing him. is, the one thing he's had going for him his entire time while he's been managing us is he's, when he's really needed to, he's always been able to pull a result out of the bag, and then you know. All of a sudden, in the last month or so, that's just stopped happening, hasn't it? Like, all of a sudden, now you look at them and think, no, they're not going to pull a result out of the bag. Actually, they can't even get a win against Watford. You know, when we won that Spurs game, I mean, which reflects more and more badly on Spurs, you know, you thought, oh, maybe that's That's the the classic Oli, you know, just getting a win when he really needs it. And I, I think probably on this podcast, I was saying I think he'll sort of stay till the end of the season. They clearly didn't want to sack him, and that was sort of obviously their plan. You know, judging by how unprepared they, they've been for what's happened in terms of the United hierarchy, but uh, it just, it just looks a mess, doesn't it? And you know, it just—it's hard to see where any result was coming from uh, under all leadership.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think I think even if they would have beaten Watford and in, and just even if they'd have beaten Watford, I don't know five four or something something ridiculous like that, and then would have lost to Chelsea, would have still been in charge.
1: Yeah. Well, I, there's, there's just, a lot it. of there's a lot of theories going around that even if he would have lost uh, only two one to Watford, he still would have been in charge.
2: Because they clearly didn't want to sack him. I mean, you know, you don't wait this long if you if you're decisive and want to get rid of him, do you?
1: Well, I mean, oh, I mean, I, I think we've covered in the last few weeks everything about all the I mean, in terms of what he did. But how how annoyed are you at the way more and more apparently how shambolic the actual
2: running of Manchester United is? Simon? Well, look, a fish rots in the head. I blame the Glazers ultimately. They sort of set. They set the sort of paradigms for which everybody else underneath them is working to, and it, it's a mess. I, you know, I just do not. I think putting the WhatsApp. I don't understand how a multi-million pound sort of organisation like Manchester United doesn't have contingency plans in place. You know, they must have thought. Going into the international break, and you know, ever since that Liverpool game, it like it's pretty much on the wall that Oli was going to have to go either now or at the end of the season. They, you know, they, they looked to stick with him, but they must have. You surely have a contingency plan of what you're going to well, do. Do you have to, if he, You know, the, the results got worse, and you had to get rid of him. I agree. It's the naivety
1: as well, because the after the Liverpool match, there was. I mean, there was always rumblings about Oli whether he should be in the job and this and that. But the majority of fans stuck with him. But after the Liverpool game, I think it swayed massively towards he's probably not up to it. Then obviously the City game, even more so, All he's not up to it. Um, so the naivety of them, like you say, to go through the international window, wait until this Watford game, what were they thinking? That the fans are... You would have had to go on like a 10-15 game winning streak for like the mindset of the fans to have
2: changed and gone, oh no, actually everything's all right. Because...
1: I don't need
2: one bad. You are. I don't think they care about the mindset of the fans.
1: They must do because why are they acting? Like you said? Why are they acting now?
2: No, I think well, it's. I it think, think it's going to be a real tailspin, and even getting in the top four now looks quite hard.
0: I think Simon Jordan said of a lot. I mean, not that I believe what Simon Jordan says, but he mentioned the point about they just looking at it as a business, and it's all about the share price, which is probably the reason why Ronaldo was brought back. I think when when they appointed all of the share price went up. Um, and even though, like they got the Europa League final, like it didn't, it didn't really affect the share price. Ronaldo coming in raises that raises the share price even more. But obviously, like like defeats here and there, like in the grand scheme of things, aren't going to really affect it. But like a, just a, so all of a sudden on this run, they might think, where is this going to end up? And like you said, like you, they might even struggle to to get in the top four now. That's the that's the massive red alert to go. Do you, know, do you know we might have to struggle here? And if they would have got so far to go, we this isn't going to work. He's not going to turn this around. And most United fans would have been going, well, we wish we had thought about this two weeks ago, rather
1: than thinking about it now. But... I, I can't believe that they've not watched... They've not seen and listened to... Like, I mean, it wasn't just the fans. Pundits and everyone was... I mean, apart from Gary Neville and Roy Keane, you obviously were never going to call for Solskjaer's head, but every other pundit who, who wasn't an X Man United player had basically said Solskjaer's not an
2: elite coach. They need an elite coach. Well, and was... weird, the weird thing is, they have been prepared in this situation in the past. When they sat David Moyes, it was like literally that afternoon. Oh, Ryan Giggs will be doing it till the end of the season. When they sat Mourinho, it was like, oh, and Ollie uh, and. <laughs> and that was a sort of a similar situation where it, you know it just got worse and worse, and there was and, you know, and there was a few weeks before Mourinho was sacked when it was obvious they were going to have to sack him. Um, and, and they, and at the time you a bit like, oh, why are they just leaving it like this? But in, in hindsight, they were clearly behind the in behind the scenes thinking who were going to get in. Oh, Olga Solskjaer, we'll tap him up and sort him out to do it for the rest of the season. Whereas this time, they've not been prepared at all for that.
0: Was was gigs not was gigs not there?
2: He can't get gigs. No, no.
0: What no, so, what I meant was was when they obviously when they gave it to Gigs first time round. was he... Yeah, he, no, he's
1: in. He's already involved in the club. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So it was easy. So it's to kind of an easier. It.
1: Like it's similar to Carrot getting it now. But yeah, but the, but, the, it, but at the same time, when when Carrot when Gigs got it, it was only like five or six games left of the season, wasn't it? Yeah, can't give it to Carrot for eat. the rest of the season. No, that's what I'm saying. The timing of it's terrible. At the time, you can just go. Well, there's six games left. What could be the? What's the real damage that could get done? There's going to be that manager bounce. There's going to gig to do something. There'll be some kind of. We'll, we'll pick up some wins. We'll do something. But like you say, now the timing's terrible in terms of like we say the time when you normally sack a manager. I can't believe like we've not followed Norwich's and Aston Villa's. Like how how they're being operated better than like you say this global brand that is Manchester United is ridiculous. And then to sack like the first weekend afterwards to sack him, who then like you you are scrabbling around, aren't you? You are, there, there is clearly no one in that football club who is actually who has a long term vision, long term plan for the club. It, it, we just seem <laughs> to react from one situation to the next situation. We're just bundling along from things to things. Well, what else going, thing? going to change? What's character? going to well, be differently?
0: Then, and, and I don't get me wrong, Solskjaer look after that result. He had, that was that was just it, that was just had to go. That it was just it was just unacceptable anymore. But, like, what is ultimately going to change between now and unless they're just giving Carrick a week to go, look, let's just take a break but, and then we'll bring somebody in after Chelsea.
1: But, Rick, I regardless of what Carrick's going to do, I think, like Simon said, you, you could slot up any number of managers in at that football club and they would all struggle because of the way the club's just being run there is no there is
2: no vision there's no long term plan I, well I don't I don't completely agree with that I think Chelsea looked like during disarray the, when they sat Lampard and Tuchel did turn it around in about a week didn't he I think sometimes yeah but they
1: sacked can... Lampard and then got Tuchel straight away yeah
2: yeah but, but, but yeah but I think a top manager can come in and you know those players are good they're good players no, I don't disagree, but then at the same, t- i I'm, I'm not,
1: I'm not, I'm saying if you want a long-term success, Chelsea have this. Ch- uh, the One thing Chelsea do well is they are decisive. So they went right. Lampard's not doing it. Bang, you're gone. Tuchel's there. We're going to get him. They don't mess around. Going, uh, well, maybe Lampard will do it for another three, four, five weeks, and then we'll see where we are. They don't wait around. They go right. He's not cutting the mustard. Bang, you're gone. We'll get someone in. So that they at least they're being decisive and strategically thinking about things. United aren't being decisive. We're bundling along, not knowing really knowing what to do. No one really wants to make a decision, and that we're just did doing it, that. And I also did, think what United seems to have done. I've not really thought that United seems to be doing like loads of things to try and get one up over City recently, like buying Fred when it's linked to City. Getting Ronaldo when he's linked to City, as if um, some Alexis Sanchez, if, Alexis yeah, Sanchez, Alexis Sanchez when he's being linked to City. It, we're doing all these things as if like going, like trying to prove how how much bigger Manchester United and how much great the draw is. In reality, City don't give a shit. They're not asked. It, it, I think we turn into this small-minded mentality that oh, we've we've got to pr- we're, we're going to be the bigger, bigger, better club. We're not. City at the minute are the better club because they just run better. The, the do things efficiently, they've got one of the best managers in the world, they play some of the most attractive football in the world, and we're there going, yeah, but we sat in an on deadline day. What Do they give a shit? No, they don't. I just think it's re- we're really, really naive and small-minded at the minute. And th- that's what's annoying me more. It's not It's not the football necessarily, it's the fact that every single day something comes out you just go, they're absolute clowns that are at the club. They, they have no clue.
0: It is made for somebody to come in and just kind of take control, isn't it? You think about the the they were talking about um, who were they talking about? Lauren Blanc, who I didn't even realize was managing. Oh, you know, he's in Qatar as well. It's not the greatest league in the world, but I mean Barcelona just took a punt on Xavi coming back, and but surely somebody with a bit of authority. I think that's just that's just something that I think, Sammy, you mentioned it before about um, Solskjaer. So if you just just never seem to just be able to be grasping the. Just didn't carry himself very well in a, either a press conference or he just he just was just never that air of authority about him and he didn't really have that as a player. I think you just need somebody who's a bit not necessarily hard faced whatever. But you just need somebody with a bit of grit and determination, a bit of and a bit of emotion, a bit of.
1: I think more a important. Yeah, I think more important. We need someone with a bit of presence to say. Because, I mean, even in Solskjaer's final interview, he's thanking the the board and the Glazers for giving him the opportunity. But in reality, I'd be saying, fuck you. You've, like, you've, you've screwed this over for me. This is my dream job. Yeah.
0: And because of some of the decisions be,
1: you've made, I've lost more. it. Yeah. yeah. So I just think it needs someone who's, who's big enough and strong enough to actually stand up to him. I mean, Woodward's going to go and someone's going to come in, or Woodward's supposed to be going. Yeah. Someone who can sell him, I don't give a crap about your sponsorship deals. We need this. The football's got to be right on the pitch first. And then we do the rest of it. And then we just need someone like that. I mean, that was that was Fergie's greatest strength, wasn't it? He ran the whole club, didn't he? I mean, it, it, it's arguably one of his greatest strengths and then left us in the worst position because when he left, we had no one to actually fill the void
2: of all the jobs and all the things that he was doing. But... I, yeah, I, but... I'm not, but I, I think the days of, of having a Fergie-type manager are gone. I don't think you're going to get someone who's going to come in and do that. No, I agree. What you need is, you need an Ed Woodward character, but a football equivalent of him, you know. And you need but to sort of put him to one side doing the business. And you need someone with his kind of oversight and and power to be running all the, the footballing elements of it, apart from the actual team. Yeah, but that's why...
1: That's why City pulled out all the stops to get their backroom sorted, didn't they? Yeah, all yeah. Pep to come in. So they yeah, made sure everything problem, was... Yeah. yeah, they got it structured Cl- properly. That's what I'm saying. Cl- and that they they will have very good working relationships, won't they, Pep and them people, in terms of they can both say what they actually think. Whereas I don't think... Solskjaer probably had some, but more often than not, I reckon he's probably not standing up to him. We just need some... We just need this this structure in place. Of Like you say, people with a business brain and a footballing brain but then that the manager has a good working relationship and can actually get things done with. Well that's what
0: funnily enough and I don't know if this was the reason I don't know if this was mentioned because of what uh, Michael Edwards but um, somebody asked Klopp in a press conference I don't know if it was a game for the weekend or the week before about a sporting director um, and the, I think the way it was worded was just it's only a relatively new thing just turned around and went I haven't got the time. I haven't got the time to be dealing with this stuff. And if I would had been in the Premier League ten years ago, then the sporting director I, w- I would have had a sporting director ten years ago. So it's only a new thing for the league. It's not necessarily a new thing for um, for how managers necessarily need to um, need to act. Because um, and he said like the sporting director sits on the bench at, uh, in in the German league. I think he mentioned a couple of other people as well. And he was like that role so important. He says he doesn't know how. And managers find time to deal with that stuff they don't have somebody that deals with its so it, it, clearly with, every, with, in this current with, in in this current world of how football is played it's almost impossible to be able to to be able to do everything it's just physically impossible
1: oh no i agree I'm not, I'm not saying we should go back I'm not saying we should go back to the fergate he's in charge of everything mold but
0: what you want is to somebody to come in so I know we're, we're skipping a couple of things here but you want somebody to come in and go, this is who this is who this or, or this is this is the sporting director, this is a manager, this this works really well. Or the manager comes in, i this is the sporting director that we want. I've worked with him before, yada yada yada. This is this is what we want. So that you've almost got that bit of, of chemistry already, because they know how each other work, rather than going, Well, we're gonna stick a manager in and we're gonna stick the sporting director and we're just gonna hope it works.
1: Yeah. Well, that's that's but we'll they inevitably end up doing that.
2: Um What do you make? Well, of it's not the, inevitable uh, at all. I don't, I don't. I don't think it's inevitable. We'll make a logical decision. I think it's no. I just difficult. saying it's, it's,
1: it's inevitable that we'll stick some. We'll stick just two people randomly and just go. We hope. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's inevitable. We'll 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 just bundle our way through again. I. Don't, what do you make of the? um Obviously, the interim until. um we find a permanent manager in the summit. Do the, you think this is? Do you think this is massive arrogance again from Manchester United
2: that they will be able to do that? No, well, I mean, I, I suppose it depends who you're going for. I mean, it's, th- there are people around who will take that job, won't <laughs> they? You know, it's, it's it'll be a very well-paid job. You yeah, know, it's a The type of people,
1: the type of people that will take that job, are they the type of people you want in charge of Manchester United for the rest of the season?
2: Well, exactly. I mean, that is, that is your issue, isn't it? But. And, you know, someone like Lauren Blanc maybe will be interested in coming. Maybe an older manager will sort of see it as one final payday. Worst that happens is you don't finish the top four and, and you know you sail off back into the sunset. You sort of course, hidden character. Um, I, so I think the, these kind of people are around and gettable if if you want them. It's about identifying who you want. Um, I'm unconvinced the United are going to suddenly start doing anything massively different under Michael Carrick's leadership, given that. He, was quite, he seemed like quite a big part of the the previous regime. But you don't really know, do you? You don't really know what the power structure was behind the scenes. Maybe all along he's been saying, look, Ollie, we need a holding midfielder. And Solskjaer's like, Michael, you're obsessed with holding midfielders. <laughs> Just because you were one. Just because you were one, yeah. You can't have 11 holding midfielders, <laughs> Michael. Just tie it down. <laughs>
0: He's, um, been co- he's been copying Mike. He's been copying on no, Michael King. Okay. He's been copying Roy King Going, why are you
2: playing Fred? <laughs> <calling him. laughs> yeah. So and maybe he's just been presenting a united front, sort of publicly and privately. All along, he he knew what all the problems were, and we'll be able to solve it. You, you never know. Uh, and and it wouldn't surprise me if you know if they were to get some win. Is it Villarreal tomorrow and then Chelsea at the weekend? Yeah. I mean if they were to pull them out of the bag and win those games. That'd be incredible it, for the ref it's just to sit Liverpool, that would be absolutely incredible. It would it wouldn't surprise me if the if Edward would turn around and went, Oh well, that that's a problem solved. Michael, what are you doing for the next eight months? <laughs> um but yeah, well, I think that, I'll that, get that, what, what do you think will happen?
1: Uh ultimately I I don't know, but I I I do I think I mean, I think even if Carrick wins one of the two, I think Woodward would be our thinking, oh well, there's our problem solved. Um I think if you I think if he I think if he beats with the Real and we get through the group stage of the Champions League, that's better than last season, isn't it? So then there's gonna be some kind of well, kudos to Michael Carrick, he's the business end of the group, he's got us through. But <laughs> I, I like I say, I just don't know who is out there that Laurent Blanc I mean Steve Bruce has even been linked
2: to that hasn't he? Oh well, yeah that was a low moment wasn't it when he just
1: <laughs> I mean you're one step away from Sam Allardyce coming in aren't you? <laughs> uh, but that, like like you say who who are you going to get in? It's not like it's not like there's, there's a like a fantastic assistant waiting in the, in the club somewhere or some brilliant coach that's been doing his thing somewhere like there's, there's no one in the club that you really look to. If you do give it character to the end of the season, things go well, and then we end up in a potentially end up in another Ollie situation where we go, Well, he's 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 done brilliant, hasn't he, for this? So we've got to give him a three year contract. And then we've seen there what where that well, like, where that gets us. We can't we can't do that again. We can't make the same mistake twice, can we? I'll
0: tell you. I mean the is, only th- is, I was gonna say this is this is a great this is a great job for Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, but I mean, the fundamental probably United have is they've kind of already played the, oh, who do you give it to for the end of the season card, haven't they? <laughs> they, had, they had a guy for that, and they've sort of given it to them, and then they accidentally gave him the job full-time, so you can't go back to him now. And, well, that's, I just don't know who's out there. But I think because of the way it's happened with Ollie, I think, yeah, I just think whoever they do give it to, it'll be pretty much impossible for them to give them the job full-time unless they do something amazing.
1: But then even if you would have done it two weeks ago, I'm not saying that you would have enjoyed this, but you could have then said, Eddie, how do you fancy it?
2: Like, at least he's a young up-and-coming manager with a, a bit but of no, a reputation. I just, don't, I just don't think a young up is the sort of person you want. I think you want an old head who's sort of seen it before, knows what a club in crisis looks like, knows how to turn around a sort of...
1: Yeah, but then have um... we not done that with Van Gaal and Mourinho?
2: No, no, but I mean, in a sort of temporary way. I just think it's Just in that, that way that Gus Hitting would turn up at Chelsea every now and again when they sat to manager and they're in disarray and he just guides them through to the end of the season.
1: Yeah, I, like,
2: it, I don't disagree with anything
1: what you're saying. And yeah, but what annoys me is we we're, the fact that we're in this position. This is what really irritated me. Just that we're in this position and we're, we're having to find someone just to do a job for our season as opposed to. Well, I mean, the, the, these talks that Pochettino's willing to leave PSG, isn't there, before the end of the season?
2: Yeah. So, I mean, it's it, it's clearly a bit of an unhappy marriage, Pochettino at PSG, doesn't it? And it, it does strike me that, really, the logical thing to happen is for Pochettino to set the United job and the dance goes to PSG. Yeah, which it all kind of, of just, works like, out nicely. Yeah, that everyone. works out nicely for everyone, doesn't it? It's just kind of how you orchestrate that happening.
1: Well, you just pay the compensation that PSG
0: won. <laughs> You'd pay the compensation and you'd be paying for Zidane to fly to Paris. That's what you'd be doing.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think one <laughs> of the... Bi- and showing Zidane's wife brochures of Paris. Yeah, yeah, Paris. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I think one of the big problems... Well, the other, thing, the other thing that shows the lack of clear vision. Normally, when you sack a manager, you sack the backroom staff as well, don't you? They all go with the manager. You have a big... Yeah, you yeah. There's only Solskjaer that's actually gone. So... The, coaching well, the rest team,
2: of them have been promoted,
1: yeah. Yeah, every every other member of that coaching team was providing input to the way the team was playing is still there, presumably. They're thinking, well, what I was doing was right. So you, you, it, it'd be enormous. And like the big thing, Mike Phelan, who is currently stealing a living, is he's, he's got another three year contract. what do you do with Mike Phelan? I just I just think we're in we're in such a bad place, but I, I do think. If Poch is available, and obviously he was available 18 months ago, and maybe in hindsight we should have gone for him. But at the time, things were looking promising on the Solskjaer. Things were on, going in the right direction. But I just, don't, I just don't think, like you say, we could get someone in. Maybe they do steer us right and get us top 40 in the season. Maybe they don't. Or you get someone in and go, right, you're our actual guy for three years. I, or the other thing is you get someone in. And then, like you say, they do a good job to the end of the season. You then go, right, cheers, bye. We're going to get someone else in, or do you go, well, you've been building something. We play some fantastic football. Do you keep? I just think we're in a really stupid positions, put ourselves in. How do you uh, the, how do you work
0: next summer's transfer window out when you potentially don't even know who the manager's going to be?
1: Well, yeah, unless unless you sort out, unless you come to an agreement that Poch is going to come in the summer and you sort that out early. But then at the same time, if you do that now, who that's are you going bad. to get as an interim? Because yeah. then there's no possibility of being the manager. There's no possibility of doing a good audition and then being... But I think that's... Like, ...for the
0: job. If Pochettino agrees to take it till the end of the... Se- or at the end of the season, he'll just be instantly put on guard leave by Paris Saint- There's no way he can carry on managing Paris Saint-Germain mm-hmm. and then knowing that next year he's going to be... he's going to be the manager of, of Manchester United. Well, of yeah,
2: there is a bit of me that feels like it could all get worked out quite quickly. Because yeah, I agree... PSG aren't going to be happy with a situation where they've just got to sit and duck, you know, Pochettino the hair, clearly, you know, why are you late for training, Pochettino? Oh, because I was viewing houses in Manchester all weekend. Like, you can't... You know, they're not going to be happy with that situation, are they? And they clearly want Zidane next. Zidane clearly wants to go to PSG. You know, it wouldn't completely amaze me if this all sort of got sorted out in the next month. Um, what I what part of the the sort of the mess that United have made of this is this kind of belief that you wouldn't be able to get Poggettino anytime soon, and actually it's increasingly becoming aware that Pochettino sort of wants out, and maybe we should have explored that option a bit earlier on. Yeah, is maybe the, put the feelers <laughs> out two weeks ago and see what yeah. would have gone on,
1: and then uh, I mean, but, because these that put the the would I mean, but I don't understand why they haven't well, I mean, because they're idiots out there but why would you not do that? And like you say, it would have just been like oh well it's just succession planning, results are going badly against Solskjaer give Solskjaer a bit of a, you need to turn this round if you don't then we've got someone in place I, isn't that the way football clubs are run? You board no, kind of gives you some thing, goals yeah. to hit and if you say you're not going to hit them goals then boom you're gone you find you, you put the feelers out and go who's available, who who could be tempted to the club, and then you half you have an
0: idea. It feels like sometimes the United feel like they're the first team ever to have sacked a manager. Well, and yeah, yeah. For, and you can't you can't you can't forward plan. I mean, I'm 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 sat here in, in this chair in my kitchen, very much aware that my boss, if I was to leave tomorrow, has somebody to fill the spot in my it, well. And if I don't do very well in my in my job, that I'll be out of my ear, and she'll have somebody ready to replace me. Within a, a week of me leaving, and I run a shop, not a football club. No, so wow. It's just human. It's just not. It's just human nature. That's just how it
1: work. It's how just it, sensible, yeah. It but it is true, though. Like you said, like it is as if United. United, have, that no other club in the world has ever been in this position, and we're we're trying to blaze a trail and figure it out for other clubs to follow. The other, the other thing I'm not,
0: in, the other thing I'm not entirely convinced about Botticino is, is that, he, I think I, I mentioned this before in the group, but the, the the managers that are available now are semi-available. A lot, their stock didn't see, their stock's going down from the beginning of the season. So I, I, there's been a lot of talk about Rodgers, and I don't ultimately think that Rodgers will get the job. But he's not had a great start to the season with, um, with Leicester. Then there's Pochettino, who went to Paris last year, and still didn't win, uh, still not won a trophy yet. I don't think I, I mean, they might have won the, the French Cup. No, he won the he won the French League Cup, mm. but Lille beat them to 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 the, to the league, um, and now they sign Messi, and he just doesn't seem. I, I mean, they're playing a little bit better now. And they are top of the league, but I mean, Lille have practically had a fire sale, sold all their players, um, and the, the, Paris and germain are the only ones left. And he seems to be struggling to get the best out of Messi, which Paris Saint-Germain is clearly a, a, a team of elite players, but not necessarily playing as a team. I feel like he'd just be going from one scenario to the same scenario at Old Trafford. And unless he's
1: going to clear everybody out and start again, then... Well, I think, I think part of Pochettino's frustration at PSG is the fact that he has no say over anything, does it? He? He, he's very much just the coach. He picks the team. And he has no control over signings or contracts or anything, um, so he didn't necessarily want Donnarumma in on a free. Uh, I mean, you can't say no to Messi, can you? But it, it, they've got an abundance of left backs or right backs, and I think he just thinks like I'm not, I'm not picking my like I'm having to pick from the players that I'm being no, given yeah, but, as opposed but as, to
2: as Paul Cheesy points out. If his issue at PSG is they've got an unbalanced squad full of elite attackers, but no. <laughs> But sure no. in other areas.
1: No, I no, but my point is if United sell this vision of you'll have more say in the ins and outs of who's coming into the club, then he then like we said with Solskjaer, what he did quite well is get rid of some of the some of the crap from the club. Pochettino will have to come in and get rid of some of the crap like why Solskjaer was trying to keep Jesse Lingard at the club, why we kept Martial at the club. Players like
2: this, that well, like half, half the job of be moving them on as well, won't it? And being clear, being just clear, and you're going. You're although not, for for me, part of the excitement about if Pochettino com- comes in is that Pochettino is someone who has a track record of improving players. And you know, play players at Spurs got a lot better while he was in charge. You know, suddenly Deli Alley looked like a really good player. And you know, will it, you know? Maybe he'll just back himself to work with some of the players that are there, and you know. Anthony Martial looked like the most exciting young prospects in Europe five years ago, and you—he's know, not a bad player. But is, is Pochettino the person you'd want, Ross? Um,
1: no, because like like Cheesy said, yes, I know I like Pochettino, but like, you like Cheesy said, do you
0: like concept of him, or do you like Pochettino?
1: Uh, I like the concept and the football. When he played at Tottenham, I really enjoyed watching Tottenham. I yeah, thought Tottenham good were great to was, watch. Yeah, it was good football. And you could see what they were doing. And Look, realistically, Tottenham were always... Well, Tottenham are known for being Tottenham out there, not with anything and doing this, that. So you could kind of say he took... Taking Tottenham to the Champions League final, unbelievable achievement, isn't it? Um, so in terms of he's, he's got you know he's got that and he's locker to be able to take a team and take them far and deep in Sonics and give them a chance of winning. But then like you said, he's gone to, he went to PSG and didn't win the league. When you think PSG should be winning the league every single year, shouldn't they? So there's that, there's still that kind of element of, ugh, we need someone who's, who has won something, <laughs> like he's, he's been around and done it. But then at the same time, I really like scene on the football he tries to play. So I, Yes and no, but then at the same I, time, I don't know who
0: else out there that you cope. There's no. Have, have you got? Have you not got the the odds? I was. That's the other thing I was going to mention because I've had this problem today where I've been thinking, who is actually going to take? Who, who possibly could take
1: over this job? Well, it, all the talks that Eric Ten Hag isn't it? Ajax and Pochettino and, and Roger. I don't want Rogers. I mean, we, we, you, you'll I mean, know that Liverpool didn't get over the line
0: when they should have. I mean, if if you if you were going to sack a club legend and bring in a former Liverpool manager, it's probably not the greatest. You might as well do, you might as well get sooner. You might as well just go for the full <laughs> day
2: and bring sooner. in.
1: but yeah, I, I I don't know. Who would you want? Stanley?
2: Would you want Poch? I think ultimately I want Poch. Yeah, I think um, I I mean, I, Ten Hag clearly done an incredible job at Ajax, getting them to a semi final was was an incredible achievement. I imagine Donny Van Der Beek might buy my house if, he's become, <laughs> if it becomes a possibility, um, but I think Pochettino is a guy I want. It's weird in a way because actually Brendan Rodgers' teams play quite good football. He has actually won some league titles. <laughs> in many ways, Rodgers' Rodgers' record is probably better than Poch, uh, Pochettino's. Yeah, um, but and and I just just for a few years, it's it's just felt like Pochettino would be well suited to to come into Manchester United. Um, I, I've always thought, I thought of what is Zidane on the slide, but I mean, he clearly just doesn't fancy it, does he? And well, If he's man-
1: available and he's ruled himself out immediately,
2: that, that's yeah. a very clear. I'm I'm not having anything to do with your club, isn't it? Uh, I'm not particularly keen on Luis Enrique. And ultimately, United's problem is the two best managers in the world are Guardiola and Klopp, and, and they're not, they're obviously not not about to come to United for... For obvious reasons, who of the runners and riders, cheesy? Who, who do you think is the one you would think? Oh God, that that guy could turn United into a title prospect.
0: I think possibly. I think I think possibly Ten Hag. I mean, if you end up with Sebastian Haller playing up front instead of Edison Cavani <laughs> in the next two years, then I might cha- I might change my mind. But then again, he scored four goals in the Champions League match, so um, I think I think you're right. I think from where I were probably about five or six years ago, and. Ben Hag's come in and and done a really really good job, but I mean, like like you said, he's not. He, I mean, he's done a very good job to get Ajax to the to the to the semi final, but he's not. He's I don't, is he not just another up and coming manager that's all right? He's, he's a bit further on than maybe an up and coming manager. He's like managing the Champions League for a couple of years, but well, he's yeah. Not, I mean, the trouble uh, is, I
2: don't really know. Do you know much about him other than this, what he's done at Ajax? I think he's supposed to be quite a fiery character as well. Like,
1: kind of rubs people at the wrong way and. Doesn't come across well in the press and things
2: like that. So, I- so my my theory is, and this sort of comes a little bit, maybe he has done it in other in other leagues, but I think if you you become Ajax manager, there is an element to which you have got a bit of time to kind of, to, you know, you've got a bit of time to sort of set things up as you want on a, a team because it doesn't really matter how badly it goes at Ajax, you're going to finish second, aren't you? Like, even if you've got, a bit, whereas at United, you'd, like, you'd have to hit the ground running. There's no like, oh, you know, three-year, four-year project. Well, you know, I'll turn them into a good team then. You, you sort of, year one, you're under pressure to get into the top four. You know, in the Premier League, there are basically six or seven teams every year. And Newcastle may well add, add to this. Every year, think they're going to finish in the top four. So it's immediate yeah, pressure. The other thing is, we missed out on, like, obviously, thinking from, like, a year
1: ago. We missed out on like the likes of Nagelsmann as well. Before when he was at Marby Leipzig and then went to Bayern Munich, but if if we maybe thought ahead, before offering Solskjaer his new contract, you possibly could have got it, someone like him at the time when United were kind of on the up, and then this kind of up and coming manager that has has is like making marks along in Europe would be the ideal time to come in. But like you say, now you kind of need someone who's a bit experienced. I mean, this this is why Poch half makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? He's experienced. He's been in the Premier League. He knows what it's all about. He wants to manage United. So he, he is, out of everyone that is available, he's probably the one that is the most sensible choice just in terms of where we are now and where we need to be. But at the same time, if he has the most sensible choice, go out and get him now. Don't I don't see the point in
2: waiting until the summer. So you, would, you wouldn't give it to us three for, till the end of the season, then get Potch in? No.
1: Well, we just... Uh, well, <laughs> no, because I think cheesy on the slide, be <laughs> trying to, oh, try to derail know, us from Wooden.
0: You, you know me so well, Ross. You mean, you, what do you mean Harry Maguire can't play holding midfielder?
2: Cheesy's <laughs> you, you, bringing actual management experience. So I think I think we'd be getting Cheesy to do a lot of like, you know, just looking after the rotor and stuff. Yeah, yeah. but I, I think um, Cheesy become like
1: Woodward's right hand. Man, he'd be setting up, setting <laughs> up all the sponsorship deals, making sure all the all the Christmas decorations are out, isn't it? A, it's a business. It's a business.
0: Forget, yeah. what's, forget, <laughs> what's, forget what's going on down there. We've got to sort the business out. We've got to make sure we have keep. Have you thought warm.
2: about Ronaldo branded baubles?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: Don't say that because they probably all come out at Christmas. <laughs> as long as I can get them to scrap MUTV and we can have exclusive rights of the three thirds point one thirty on podcast podcasting <laughs> all, uh, all United home games.
1: <laughs> yeah, I. Well, I just think if you have if you got to go for Poch, go for Poch. Don't wait around because clearly you d- you don't hear the stories that he's willing to leave PSG. If he's not willing to leave PSG, do you? He rules himself out no, yeah. it straight away. So there's, there's, if that's there's, there's, who you I want don't... and that's who you're going to get, go and get him now, and then give there's us all... half a chance for the rest of the season. As opposed what to you,
0: what you don't want to do is appoint an interim manager. He gets the sack. After, he gets the sack in January from PSG or in March or April for whatever reason go somewhere else and you end up just not getting him at all at the end of the season
1: yeah football's a, fu- football's a funny old world but it's not even that it's, it's more the fact I just don't know you get getting in the interim I, I, I don't I just don't know who you do like, I, I could quite easily see Steve Bruce getting it in the interim I just think the United Board would do that I think they'd go oh well everyone was saying he was actually treated at Newcastle he can't be that bad can he and you've played for United. Let's get him in. Not that I've got anything against Steve Bruce. He's just not who I want managing my football team. Of all the, I mean, of
0: all of all the ex, I mean, of all the ex United players, there isn't really anybody. I don't know. They've just sacked one to bring another one in. But I don't really know. I don't. I, that's the bit we're talking I'm about. Using it yeah well we're talking about what's happened, done, happened at the end of the season like what on earth are United going to do now because now is almost the most important appointment and like I think what you're, I think you're right Ross if you want you want you want Potts just him, go and get him now because if you don't get fourth then that's the summer becomes the summer becomes massive because they're not playing in the Champions League until
1: the season after that yeah and then who'd you get I mean the other thing on the interim if that didn't happen would
2: Would you ever think Roy Keane would do it? Surely I, can, I just cannot see Edward would uh, employing him. What just because would be
1: he'll like he'll just have a go yeah. too much. Want, would you want what you want him at, just as an interim, just to the end of the season, would you be happy if Keane took it?
2: No, because I think he's just too explosive. I think it's just I think it would just end in tears, you know. He'd clearly end up fighting one of the players. But how much damage can he do in six months? Oh, oh, I, <laughs> <Yeah>, I cannot <laughs> wait to replay this to your in six <laughs> months' time. <laughs> I just have,
1: I, I don't know. I just have I, to love the guy and just think it, it would be, I would love. I would just love to see it for six months, I think. I've got I've got visions of uh, the... Not
0: I would storm, love to see what, it for six months. White House, storming storming Old Trafford, Keen's there with that Viking helmet on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see it for six months. And I'm also a camera crew follow it around for six months. Yeah. Well. Oh, uh, yeah. Then, and then I would go, yeah, if that's going to happen and I can have the best series, TV series, at the end of the season, I would quite happily do that. Yeah, but Warnock, Warnock
0: makes some of them great videos as well. Maybe we get Neil Warnock. In. <laughs> maybe that's them. maybe that was the plan all along. No, it's just
2: uh, be in his director of football. January, Roy, right? Have you looked at Ryan Shopping? <laughs> 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 maybe uh, Daniel,
0: maybe Daniel Farker, I don't know. He's got, <laughs> he's got a job at the minute.
1: You know, uh, I was watching today. I was watching some video. There was a thing that basically saying. Uh, one of the big problems uh, Liverpool maybe had, when um, the big TV pundits were Lawrence and Hanson, was the fact that because they was ex Liverpool, anything that Liverpool did, they was always very critical of. Yeah, and there was a lot of pressure put on the club. And then obviously now, the pundits that dominate the football scene, are all mainly ex-United. Yeah. And constantly, there's constantly critique and criticism against Manchester United. So whether that's got a half something to play into the fact that Liverpool during that time never lived up to the expectations because there was always this, these legendary players and everyone looked back at them and go, well, they were fantastic. Look what Liverpool are doing now. And maybe now if the same happens to United because you've got Neville Keane, Ferdinand, Skulls, Hargreaves—they're all—they're all saying the same things about United, and there's always pressure and critique put on United. I just thought it was quite interesting, and maybe when they then pundits go, will you then see? I just thought it was an interesting, interesting point. United are in no for to
0: prove it. United are in for a long haul then, because I, be, I would imagine they're signed up to fairly hefty contracts. I can't see a uh, a soccer site declaring down soon with them pundits.
1: Well, no, but I just thought it was an interesting point. Never really thought about it. I'm not blaming that on United's demise, but I just now—I mean, I imagine. Did you, did you ever think we'd be in this state ten years ago, Simon?
2: I never I thought you'd know. be in this state ten years ago. No, I mean it's just incredible, isn't it? How 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 things can can fall apart so quickly.
0: Yeah. But you'd be in this situation at the beginning of the season. <laughs> yeah. Eleven or twelve games ago, never mind. Ten years ago. Just, uh, I just what, yeah but once now though came in, I thought I genuinely thought they've got a really good chance of winning the league. I think everyone did, didn't but they? they? The league. But how how it's how it's manifested itself with I mean the, and, and the one thing you've probably missed in the last month is Baran. Because ultimately Whatever you want to say, it's centre half to make the difference. And all it took, all it would yeah. have took not to it, not to have conceded a, a couple of those goals, to have gotten a couple of draws instead of a couple of defeats in the last seven games or whatever. Um, and I, the other thing I read as well is that uh, United have only had one. I, I know you could probably go, well, it doesn't really make any difference, but United have only had one penalty this year. Had 22 penalties last season. And then we've paid a third of the season, you've only had one. Yeah, and we missed that. I think, didn't we? Yeah, just... oh, it might be one that you've one one that you'd scored, but yeah, that was a. good one. No, we built. missed it because
1: um, Fernando skied it. Yeah, to get the draw on the win. But I tell you, it's amazing. Like I think you said it. Cheesy ages ago, like one year, two years, and not winning the league or not competing. It's amazing how quickly that just turns into ten, then ten turns into fifteen, then fifteen turns into twenty. Like when you think, like you say, Liverpool didn't win the league for what? What was it? Thirty. Thirty years. Thirty years. I like. When you think, God bloody hell, from where, how dominant Liverpool were to then nothing for thirty years. You, that's that's been played out now, isn't it? With Manchester United, like you just you realise how easy it is for it to happen, don't you? Well, you just get into the cycle,
0: and Liverpool chop the managers around, obviously a, a, a lot more than, than than recently. But you think about the Mourinho. So Mourinho comes in there's a, almost a whole change. It goes well for nine months, so it goes badly for nine months, and he gets a sack. Van hal comes in, and it goes well for nine months, it goes badly for nine months, and he gets a sack. And then all of a sudden, they just they just add up. And they get transfer window after transfer window after transfer window. And you, at least, like from even I could see that United were making progress. I mean, it's still There's still not a great deal of, of depth on the bench. And you feel like some of the players that sat on the bench I probably should have kicked on by now the the Dallos of this world, and, and why Lingard's still there, I have absolutely no idea. But you, you you, got to, you could see that there was a bit happening to the, to the, at least to the first team. But then you just think, then what's going to happen? What's going to happen again now? Is it's just another like? Is this, is is Sand an essential? Is a central defensive midfielder going to going to make that much difference to this Manchester United team? They just need somebody to. They, they just need somebody to. Motivate them a little bit. That's the bit that I couldn't, and that's the bit that I could not get my head around at the weekend. Is they just, they just looked. At, apart from kicking the ball in their own net, they were like, "We've had enough," and you could tell that they were like, "We've, we've, we've had enough." And as much for Fernandez is going to come out afterwards and say it's all on
1: us, well, I just, I, I, I mean, know. the first highlight was on match of the day was a throw into him. He tried to volley it over to the other wing and you just skied it up in the air and then McTominay gave a penalty away. I was like Christ, this is Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's amazing how many I just seasons tick away. you mean you actually realising it and then before you know it you go, crap, it's been it's been ten years since we did anything. And I think I think in
0: in in the I mean no it's it's all like roundabouts and stuff. And like when Liverpool went through the the bad times, it was, I mean, Arsenal were really strong and United were really strong. And then I kind of felt like that, that was, that was when Ferguson left, that was always still the case. United was still quite a strong team, but then Chelsea came. But there was always, there was always really only like once, like Chelsea would have a great year and somebody else would have a great year and nobody really retained the league and everybody would always have their really good years. And obviously apart from the Leicester and, and the year that Spurs probably should have won the league. And then now, all of a sudden, you think, well, the three best teams, in the three of the four best teams in Europe, playing the Premier League. So for United to suddenly go, well, we're going to not only we're not going to get back to we need to get back to top four, we need to win the league. Like you have suddenly got to go, oh, actually, we, we, you need to be three of the best teams in Europe to do that, and it suddenly it be, just becomes very difficult. Like as, as I, I think Chelsea are going to win the league this year. I just think they've got two stronger squad. They've had a really good start. I, and I can't see any. I can't see them falling down as much as they have done. They might play absolutely garbage against City again, and not very well against those. But they seem to be beating everybody else. they seem to be beating the dross, and that's what's going to win them the league.
2: Yeah. What do you? Uh, what did you make of the the new managers at the weekend, Cheesy?
0: Um, I think Newcastle have got a long way to go, haven't they? I think you can put. I think you could have put anybody in charge of Newcastle, and I think. you're that, that that ultimately is still going to be the same team. I think a couple of new Newcastle players come out and said that they've never worked so hard in the two weeks of the international break. But I and mean, then you can work as hard as you want. You still need somebody to a put the ball in the net and b stop it going in
1: the other end. Um, I mean, what I would say is <laughs> regard, I mean, what we spoke about is the um, United result. What an actual weekend of scorelines it was. Oh, it was God. chaos, wasn't it? Yeah, goals galore. I can't believe have, it. it would have thought on...
0: Burn- Burnley Palace would have conjured six goals. <laughs> and it Max,
1: that can... Max Corne's got a right, screamer, didn't it?
0: Yeah. Well, Benteke should. Have, I mean, to be fair, it should have been about six three to um, Palace. Benteke missed so many chances.
1: Typical Benteke.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, I thought I thought I thought Gerard I thought it was important that Gerard won.
1: Um
0: and then I mean I mean Dean that result that um Dean Smith result for Norwich was um, was exactly what they needed as well. I mean they've gone all of a sudden they've gone what two wins two wins on the bounce. And they're they're absolutely they're absolutely flying. It just bring and, and I think the Norwich result just brings so many teams above them back down into oh actually, do you know what it isn't Norwich and everybody else this, this could be this could be a real fight this year which is a big problem for Leeds I think because they need a win they need another win desperate, um, desperately as well so I think it could yeah. be uh, I think it could be a, a bigger fight
1: towards the bottom of the league this year I knew before Tottenham eh if you actually have a shot on target you might score a goal <laughs> <laughs> it's not that hard to work out is it <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean tomorrow night will be will be inter- just team selection will be Because I, I did generally think Sancho looked good from the from the few highlights. Van der Beek was supposed to remember good and United just, supposed to look better when he was on. Just has to play. Just you just have to play him now. Well, I mean I think the fan that's why I said just pander to the fans if you carry. It. Van der Beek from the fans have been calling out for Van Der Beek to play for weeks now, haven't they? And somehow Solskjaer's resisted it. You just play him. You, the games, three, four games, go right. Show us what you can do. I think.
0: But yeah, Sancho, was Sancho that set the goal up, wasn't it? The cross into Ronaldo. Yeah, and yeah, into Ronaldo and he
1: knocked it down. <coughs> but I also think, um, in some way, Van der Beek's stock's probably risen from not playing. Like, yeah. I think everyone, in, United fans are building him up to be this amazing player in the Reds because they just think he can't be terrible.
0: Like he- well, I think, I think Michael Richards and Keane were having this conversation, I think after the City game, and he was talking about Van Der Beek not playing and stuff. And I think, he, I think Keane said that Van Der Beek had played towards the back end of last season. He wasn't, he, he wasn't lined up the world, but I mean, it was end of the season. He'd gone, well, and by that point, United got top four, were obviously resting players for the
1: Europa League final, and he was going, we might as well play. Yeah, but we said that uh, we had this conversation about it last last uh, when he played. There was loads of times where he was in good positions and he just wasn't being passed to. We, we uh, there's loads of reasons why someone can't look great, but I do generally think you you, you watch him for Ajax. He wasn't doing anything that was like pulling up. Tri- he was just always seemed to be in and around the action, playing little short passes, little one two. He's playing little quick passes in and around the court, doing things. And and we I just like we, yeah, I mean, just don't think we were settled. That, that's how you break teams down who sit back against you. Quick quick passes, quick bit of thought. Off, and we just weren't playing to its strengths. So maybe if you start bringing that in, uh, who knows? But like, t- tomorrow will be interesting just to see what Carrick does do in terms of who he picks. I mean, I, what I would also say, just on the last thing that I did go wrong for Solskjaer, he went to this back three, didn't he? And then he abandoned that for the Watford game. Which I think, when you said Simon a few weeks ago, I said about when you said about having your best team wrote down on a piece of paper in a drawer. I don't think he he he, he still didn't know by the
2: end, did he, what he wanted to do? No, yeah, his head was good. He was just the rest were gone, weren't they? Yeah. Anyway, onwards and upwards. Yeah, things can only get better, as D. Ream would say. Yeah, we'll reflect on this podcast when we win the Champions League, won't we, in 6 months time,
1: Maybe we should get Roberto Di Matteo. In. <laughs>
2: exactly.
1: You can't um, get Rafa, so... No, I don't think anyone wants Rafa, the way he's performing,
0: rather. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's been a pleasure, as always.
2: Always a pleasure. Speak Still soon. Who knows we will be United by the next time we speak?
1: <laughs> Might have gone through two or three people in that time. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be Michael Carrick one game, Kieran McKenna the next. <laughs> Mike Feeler will get it, and then we'll we'll get on someone else.
0: It'll be like um, it'll be like what uh, the uh, Premier League job, the chief executive of the Premier League, who takes it, and realizes <laughs> what the what the job description is but they get there, <laughs> and they resigns. Yeah. Right. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Three Thirds Mank, One Third Scouse podcast. Give it a like, give it a share, and let us know what you think on Twitter at Mank3. That's at M-A-N-C-T-H-R-E-E. And keep listening for more new podcasts every week.